Almost at the end. Ah, and I will get some kids to come be with me. Um, I do so. I will turn off the video. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are you on? Hello, everybody. <laughs> All you people in the non-video listening audience. So Angela is departing soon. And so our real main customer today is Sonia Gonzalez. <laughs> Get ready. And have it. What did you say? And have it. And habit, and, but at least we're wearing the same color shirt. <laughs> That's resonance. Hello, habit. Hello. Hi, habit. So, how it's been a while since we saw each other, and we're on a different day and a different continent. And I'm just interested to know anything that you have to share about your experiments lately. What have you been experimenting with in terms of radiant joy, brilliant love, and building love that lasts? Angela was just telling us about her participation in a, a ZEG community study group. Tamara. I mean, Tamara. Oh, Tamara. Oh, wow. Tamara study group. Yes. Yeah, so say hello to those people for us. And <laughs> you, I mean, for sure, you're investigating radiant joy, brilliant love, and building love that lasts. Certainly that's part of it. So anyway, we're open to, and this is a space for sharing and with questions and that kind of thing. So I am currently, um, staying with my aunt and I <clears throat> I am noticing how I ignore some things uh, that I'm not okay with in order not to go into a fight or something and I'm I'm I am asking myself the question, why am I doing this? How am I in spaces with other people in the PM context? context? And I'm asking questions. I'm, I'm bringing myself more and more into the space. And then in other spaces, I'm, I am not. I am afraid of doing that. And I am practicing this muscle of designing experiments for myself and how to go into these spaces, especially with my family and bring in my context, being the context, being, yeah, being the distinctions. And I notice I, I feel sad because I realize that I mainly relate with them in a gremlin level or a child ego state level yeah. I'm really suspicious that 
the the main experiment that you're not doing has to do with respecting your culture as much as you respect theirs. So in a way, even if they might outnumber you in a room, like you have four or five people from your family and you. So if you had a vote, you would be outvoted. You understand you're outnumbered. But even then, there's no real need for you to exit your culture. So you're just, you're, what you're doing is you're taking your, your bubble of space of your culture and you're popping it. And then you're in that space where you, your only tactics for survival are gremlin, essentially, or child. Does that make sense? And so you've, yeah. you've completely abandoned your home world. <clears throat> and if you abandon your home world, who will take care of it? So nobody's taking care of it when you abandon it. And so it's, you do not have to fight anybody. It's the, the, the technology is to be amazed. And so I, I still remember when my parents were alive and I was discovering possibility management and I would go visit them or my relatives anywhere. And I would keep my bubble of culture space and just be amazed at what they were doing and why. And in fact, I would I would just stop in the middle of sentences and say, hold hold on. Are you are you did you not hear what I just said? Are you are you um is it not okay for you to repeat back what I what I just said to you? Or it looks like you're having a feeling right there. Could you please tell me what your feeling is? Uh, so and I say I I'm I did not hear what you're feeling. If you could say it was anger, sadness, fear, or joy. Which of those feelings is it? I'm interested to know what you feel. You said this, but you left out the feeling part. And I'm just interested to know. And I would stop whole conversations with that without having to fight anything. I just I just ask. I just say I'm interested. I'm curious or I uh, I'm can you explain that to me, please? A lot of this is culture-to-culture -culture conversation work. It's those skills. But it's you do not have to give away your culture under any circumstances, and you don't have to fight. You just simply have to respect your culture as much as you're respecting theirs. And so it shows up as a lot of interesting conversations or you being interested in elements of their culture that they did not even notice that they had. But you can sense them now because... You're not in that culture anymore. So uh, you, it needs that you, you're willing to be in a different culture. If you're not, if you think that your connection is because you absentmindedly adapt to the general consensus culture world, if you think that's your connection, there's no connection. It's just uh, you're watching the same show on television, which is not a connection. You know, you just, you just, you understand. So, so this is about actually establishing a connection between two different cultures. And you've done that before when you go to a different country and they speak a different language and they have different customs and traditions and you, you know what that's like. You just stand there and be amazed and you hold up this money and you go, this is a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever they are. What are those things called? 
bot or something, huh? Yeah, bot. Dineros. 100,000 dineros. What can I buy with this? And they say, well, 100,000, you could buy a loaf of bread. You go, what? If I had 100,000 euros, I could buy a house. You know, so you don't even know. You don't know anything about their culture. So stop pretending that you know anything about their culture. So that culture that you were born and raised in has become weird to you because you've moved on. You've moved over. You've moved to a different culture. Then you can, you're not in, you cannot inhabit two cultures. That turns you into a, I don't know what, schizophrenic. So unless you, you know, unless you want to be schizophrenic, choose your culture and and honor it. Honor it to the degree that you would want them to honor their culture by being able to answer questions that you ask about their culture. Please explain why you do things like that. And just stay with it. Don't ever get off it. And it makes for a far more interesting conversation. And you don't have to fight. They go, well, well you can't do that. And I go, wow, looks like you're feeling something. Can you tell me what you're feeling? And they say, oh, I'm angry. Well, what are you angry about? And then they can tell you. And it's just an interesting conversation. But there's nothing to fight. But if you get out of your culture, then you're not honoring your own culture. So this is really big stuff. People are counting on you. People are counting on you to respect your culture. And if you do not, they cannot. And they, they're little gremlins that are unconscious, will do everything they can to undermine your culture because you're being a problem for them. You know, you're scaring them. You're being different than you used to be as a child where they owned you as a possession. And now that's not true anymore. So to be in relating requires you respecting your culture. Does that help? Yes. Especially the distinction that you gave about going to a different country. It helps a lot because I can do that. I can go to a different country and I can connect with people there. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to do what they do. Only if I want to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you. And it brought me also to this question about integrity, about respecting myself. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Hello, N. Hobson. We haven't seen you <laughs> in so long. We haven't seen you in a decade, it seems like. Can you please check in from the land of the ducks or wherever you are? <laughs> yes, I'm in uh, Northern Virginia right now uh, at my brother's house, which has its own culture. I've I've been able I've been experiencing the culture of my uh, birth and upbringing Whoa. because my brother is having his 70th birthday. And my mother even got on a plane to come here. Ah. And my sister flew from Portland, Oregon to Venice, Florida to get my mother on a plane to come here to Virginia. Wow. So I'm, we've been three out of the four siblings and, uh, my mother and, uh, many of the, the grandchildren, all but two of my mother's grandchildren and, wow. 
my mother's great grandchildren all around. And there's been so much healing because uh, one of, uh, you know, the missing brother's daughter had a, a whole story about being a black sheep. And I'd reached out to her years ago and I said, well, I don't know. She said, you and I are the black sheep. I said, I don't know. I identify as the rainbow sheep, which is equally dismissed in her family. <laughs> and here we are now both being welcomed into the into the family where to the point where my brother asked me to come and stay here to have this be my home base for the summer. Wow. And uh, so in the meantime, I've been uh, you know, doing my own uh, personal healing work since since I've seen you in, I guess, Portugal. Yeah. This la- last I uh, I went and stayed with my mother for several months and I did healing practices every day and had a team like every time I did that for a month and then start then challenge people to come with me so that you know people in Europe so that they to that I would get up at uh you know before she would be up like 4 35 a.m and we would trade and then the next person come and trade and trade and wow. and since then I've been traveling to from uh, game world to game world and the 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 piece that I just dropped in on <laughs> to with you is uh, yes honoring my own culture because I realize now my own culture is different than the others. My friend had said that if I did that practice practice with my mother, my relationship with absolutely everyone would change. And as a good scientist, now I'm going around visiting everyone I know <laughs> to see. <laughs> and what do you She find? was right. Oh, <laughs> she was right. Well, you get one of these transformational smiley faces, I think. <laughs> this thing with your mother and doing all those processes, this is fabulous work. Wow. Wow. And just, yeah, just a few minutes ago, uh, I was upstairs. My mother was telling a whole story about when my brother, Wayne, who is not here, was 21, how, uh, well, she saw a picture of her aunt. Like, we have some old pictures. And she told a story about how she and her aunt were at, uh, at the airport. And, and this was back way back when it was a big deal to fly. They were in New York City. You know, like, and my brother was supposed to pick them up and he was late. And that was a big deal. Something like that. And then I asked, well, what do you appreciate about Wayne? And then then it gets into comparison. And I said, well, what do you really like about Wayne? And my other brother came in and says, stop bugging her with that. She, you know, and. I just backed off, and then and then she came back and said, "He's really precise. Yeah. He does handwork." And then later on, like ten minutes later, I I finished cleaning the kitchen. She called, "Come over here, come over here. You've been telling me I speak too softly, so I want you to be real close to me. I really enjoy how you you've been cleaning up, so that Joanne doesn't have to clean up after everybody. Mm-hmm. You did a really good job cleaning the kitchen." 
I see we've backed down from the level of being to the actually the doing part. We need good house cleaning. Yes. So we we appreciate their house cleaning. They keep going. Anyway, wow, what you're in such a I hot think place. Uh, yeah, service is her love language. So, and yeah, they say that uh, coming back to your uh, uh, family of origin is how you can tell how much personal growth you have. And I've been talking about this for the past month that I feel like I'm headed into defending my dissertation in personal exactly. growth because exactly. this is uh, quite a lot. <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you dropped in here to share your adventure, part of your adventure with us. Because, you know, we kind of wondered what happened after the training in Portugal. You know, Amy just got, just went somewhere. So I'm really glad, to, I'm really glad to hear what kind of dungeons you've been in and the kind of work you've been doing. Well, I tell you what the thing is, my my vision. It's the same vision, and so I'll. Uh, my my body. Uh, I thought I had long COVID, and and uh, it's really that the the a problem. But also, when I fix the relationship with food, then the old feelings come up because that's what that pattern was for: is to keep everything down, right? So I want to have an experiment of this uh, three-month-long program where we do uh, EHP dojo of some form and and the the uh, experiments with uh, food and how we we do that. I don't know how to do it yet, but I'm gathering people up and I'm starting to uh, hold space uh, even beyond the the. Uh, possibility management game world so and what you're, what you're so i don't know how ehp dojo matches we're having some power problems over here but just like so and what you're describing uh, is it really sounds exactly like a bridge house you're, de- you're describing a bridge house have you have you read the bridge house website or do you know about bridge houses i do know how about bridge houses yes so you may be the space holder for a bridge house coming up soon where people come together. It's exactly what you said. And each each kind of bridge house has a kind of specialty that people are working on usually. So that would be a really important big one. And that would be a fantastic place because it's a safe place for you to do that work together. Do experiments, ask really dangerous questions, take risks, really good stuff. Yeah. So if you end I up... Think, uh... This is going to be online, too. Yes. So if you end up with a bridge house, if you end up with an actual place and and a website, please tell us because we'll share it with the other people who are interested in bridge houses so they can come around and check you out. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Alice. I I had... uh... So this will soon be in every other Saturday thing. Every every first this book club. Yes, same date. 
Tuesday. Tuesday. Every Thursday. Every sorry. Every Tuesday. Oh, sorry. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, seven to at nine p.m. Uh, Europe time. So this time. I found it. Same time, same place. Every Tuesday. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Good. Every every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Today. Same day as today. The same day as today. Same time. Wherever you are. <laughs> same day as today. Yes. Alice, hello. Are you calling from Mallorca? Yes. Hello. Hello, Clinton. Yes. How's it going? What's happening? Can you say that again, please? How is it going? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. I'm excited. So many things are going on. And yeah, I, I want to share two areas where I'm experimenting around these these days. And it's on the one hand, I try to, or I'm connecting to, to women in a new way. And I consciously experiment around it, like really setting up my schedule to meet women. And then, yeah, meet them on a, on a new level in the sense of like trying to, to drop the competition and trying to drop the judgment. And it can be friends I know for already a long time or just like people I randomly met or seemingly randomly met. And I feel joy about it and also a lot of fear. And I notice it's much more easier, you know, to like in the in the context of possibility management to build up the trust. And I, I feel as if this is the basis to go doing those experiments, like expand them in, in the face-to-face -face realms. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes it's it's intense to sit in the energy like of like this like powerful feminine energy, like just for an hour and having a coffee and a deep conversation. And also it empowers me and sometimes it's it's more on a superficial level. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes I I I'm able to like with tr like trying to have no expectation, also like planting some seeds and like also sharing some parts of me, like some of like this this possibility management game world. And I share with them some experiments or how everything is going. And it's, it's scary because I also need to, to drop, um, how I feel around, like what they think about me. Like, taking the risk that all of a sudden they think I'm crazy or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And we will see you soon. Oh. <laughs> yes. In Brazil. Yes. Brazil, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. That's like really like such a big and huge adventure for me. Mm. And um yeah, like I kind of like couldn't wait until August to, to go to the first <laughs> ETP and lab. It, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm looking Thank forward. You. Catherine, hi. How are you? 
Let's hear from you, please. You're muted. Can you turn your mic on there? Yes, hello. You know, I'm hoping in this conversation that we get to meet each other or get to know each other, because luckily for me and, and then Chloe and I, we, we know you guys from different places, but if you please use this opportunity to connect with each other, because really this is, these are your sisters and brothers, you know, these are the, these are the people who get the experiments that you're doing and have a real bond through the sharing of that kind of stuff. We, we understand the risks you're taking and stuff. So please, please, please also connect, you know, with each other. Thank you. I feel joy to be here. And I also feel sadness because it's, so precious to have spaces like that and to see people I know from different spaces and and I'm also curious to yeah to to get to know new people and I'm happy that it is again on Tuesday so I can join um, <laughs> and yeah there is a lot of sadness in my life. And last week I was for days in a liquid state and I already had some fear that something is not right with me because I, I doubted the sense of my life. And it seems that that the next wave of liquidity is coming. I'm doing the, the child ego state decontamination since seven weeks now. And yeah, it's huge what is revealing. And uh, I, I started... The first, on 1st May, I started uh, um, I don't want to say a work. It is I'm, I'm in charge with the, some kind of HR management on the seminar center at the space I'm living in, the community of Schloss Klarisek. Mm. And I decided only to, to be um, in in this hourly being in charge, and I wanted to do this ex exper experience because I'm so curious. I teached a lot about mindfulness and conflict management, and now I want to 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 yeah to explore how it works to change a culture to bring something new and and I I I watched a, a recording and th there it gets so clear what is my my um um ar archetypal lineage 
what is what is the name of what I am? And I didn't found it yet. And I sense that I want to find it so I can be clear in the space. I want to know what is my yeah contribution and yeah so a lot is going on Katrin what what would you guess right now what's your best guess for the name of your archetypal lineage I have emptiness inside of me. And maybe that is that is a part. <clears throat> you know, the thing is, that name, because it's using words, is always an, a draft. It's not a final edition. And so it's, it's fun to, um, just on the front part of your, inside of your, Beep book, mine is not right here, but and Chloe's is. And she she has some she's gonna will you read yours? Yeah. Okay. So this is her draft right now. This is where what she's working on. Well, I have multiple drafts. Uh I am a maker of invisible things. It's one. One that I've been working just, on. Just say them, come on. Ladies. Without the extra words. I am a transformational sword sharpener. Slow down. Did you guys get that? Say it again. I'm a transformational sword sharpener. I'm a liberationist, liberating liberators. Say it again. I'm a liberationist, liberating liberators. (laughs) And I'm a culture builder. Did you skip one? Yeah. I'm a mimetic surgeon. Also. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and those are all words. They're approximations of what it really is. We don't really have words for this stuff. We're just learning these kinds of words. So you have to, you have to make up words or glue words together, try new words and, and it will emerge. It will grow. So it's better to, I encourage people to experiment and actually truly when you introduce yourself, you know, hello, I'm Katrin Yela. I'm a, I'm well, a, you said, you said something, you said, I'm a culture shifter. You're experimenting is shift, shift. How do you really shift culture? That's what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yesterday it came to me. Some some something in the direction of connection warriors. Whoa! Mm-hmm. <laughs> so write those two down on the inside of your beat book, and then just try introducing yourself at talks or meetings or things like that when you meet somebody, and see how it goes. It leads to interesting conversations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, especially in the in the environment that you are in Glahizeg, you know, they're going through this whole shift of actually taking a stand for being a transformational center. 
God, so this is, you know, you being a culture shifter, you know, they need that right now. You're in the right place at the right time. Right time. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Redmond, can we hear from your abode in the Aotearoa? Yes, I'm at Ahiotimanoa, the next culture research center and training village in the country of New Akiaki, sometimes called New Zealand. <laughs> we are getting there one villager at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and how to change this? Can you put it closer? It's a, put it way closer. It's a mess. Okay. It's a way, it's a mess. <laughs> It's not a mess. It's just I can't get it out what's coming forward. So I scribbling it and then doing it in little frames bit by bit. So basically when we pro- we have to project onto each other in order to see ourselves in the beginning stages of awareness and seeing all the different steps from personalization how I created a lightning rod so I couldn't be pierced by the masculine striking strikes. So, yes, and I've been awake since 2 o'clock waiting for the study group, and I thought it was 5.30, and I've discovered it was 5 (laughs) o'clock. Anyway, I'm here. I'm here. Thank you. Janet, Janet, is that the research... Is that the research you're doing about the everythingness and the nothingness? I sure am. Okay. Day 15, 21 hours a day. How is it going for, for 15 you? days. Well, well, now I take one of my four layers off when you ask me that question. <laughs> it's going wild. <laughs> it's wild and... Ugh. I can't even write it in 20 pages, so I don't know how to answer your question succinctly, Sonia. But Yulia's on board. Um, the spaceship is flying. And the last few days, looking at what weighs the spaceship down. Um, the big one for me personally is having Anne Chloe Clinton and Lee Lazowick come in my dreams and then feeling Lee's presence. I don't know him. But, oh, I'm in a goosebump shower right now. So when Gabriel's not available and his nothing, capitalised nothing, I wrote to Clinton the other night and spoke into his nothing Spoken to, I spoke to Anne Chloe's transformational sword sharpener, and now I can speak to him. Speaking to Lee's nothing.
Janet, it might be useful for you to hear that Lee would say that being used like that is the optimum, it's the, it's the, the best, the best use of his time. The best use of, is to be used like that, Janet. So that it works for him, works. It's the best kind of work. Yes. Yeah. And I went to the Worthing Healers for the first mm. time after Gabriel read whatever the spark or whatever it is. And I started the counting to seven and started saying my name. And they said, we know who you are. Yeah. So it's a bit like it. The lab in Mallorca, when we went to Gaia mm. and I found the tomb of utter reverence and I told you they they bowed when they came. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my hot flushes were over. These archetypal <laughs> hot flushes, these archetypal hot flushes are way worse than menopause. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking, Sonia. Thank you, Janet. I'm really glad that in the study group, we're getting to this part of the extraordinary and archetypal domains. Because it's a shock and it's an overwhelm for people to just encounter learning how to feel. And this is phase one of everything. And yet that's not, it isn't even the beginning of possibility management. All this learning how to feel, doing emotional healing processes, this is all preparation for possibility management, which begins in your first steps into adulthood. And that's when it starts getting interesting. And so these conversations that we've been having here are more from the extraordinary and archetypal levels. And this is, it's taken decades to get to spaces that can hold this kind of investigation together. So it's really a pleasure to be in this space with you guys and in this um, endeavor together. Thank you. Well, Leslie, are you there? I am here. You want to say something? I do. Go ahead. I want to say that Patricio and I are planning a bridge house in Staten Island 
for five days in July. And it is, um, it's an experiment and I'm already gleaning, getting a lot from, uh, noticing that I'm, I'm getting very anxious about plans and the sense that I'm, I need something from him to, you know, reassurance and, and, um, just had a great talk last night about how that's a gremlin gremlin playground is you know following taking on other people's fears and magnifying them with my own and um it strikes me how how much I get from the labs and how easily it slips away if I don't when I don't um keep up keep it up keep keep in touch with people and keep doing that important work so i'm i i went from being completely insecure and unconfident to uh having a another jolt of yes this is what i'm here to this is what i'm is my thing to move through and to, to get to the other side of, and that this is exactly, of course, it's going to stop me or of course it's going to come up. And if I let it, it will stop me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel really lucky to have partnership and to get clear about what it means to have, that there's one space holder that he's going to be the space holder for the bridge house. I'm the space holder for the organizing and uh, just getting clarity. And yeah, that there were some questions that people had about the money, how, how much we were charging and um, how we were doing, doing it. And what I got from talking to him was, that those questions are not responsible. They're, they're, they're not proposals. They're, they are setting up a, um, a, I, I guess, well, what he called the gremlin playground. And, and I see how much I, Gremlin Playground is my place, the place where I get stuck a lot. And I I would ask the same questions that the people were asking to to say, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, what is kind of suspicious? And so... I'm just getting some clarity on what it means to be 
a responsible adult and making making clear proposals and taking yeah taking on what I'm taking on thank you wow nice thank you Leslie <clears throat> yeah thanks for having yeah. this space I mean I what you just said you know uh um, now that you're on the other side of things, now that you, you're making a proposal, which is a bridge house, you're making that proposal. Then you're realizing that a proposal comes with a lot of decisions. You know, why are we charging, you know, we're charging that much, we're placing it that way, it's that many days from starting from that time to that time in the evening, like all this stuff needs to be decided. And as you're making these decisions, you know, probably with Patrizio, you, you can have that inner conversation about, okay, why are we doing it like that? And that's a way of deepening the con your own context, you know, your context, Leslie, but also the context of the bridge house, so that when people come with maybe, you know, gremlin proposal, you say, let me tell you where we're, you know, let me tell you about our context. This is the proposal. And it's, you know, in a way, it's almost a non-negotiable one, you know, because we're asking to negotiate with adults and you're not adult yet. So this is a proposal, you know, and if you don't want that, you don't have to come. You know, it is not your job, Leslie, to convince people to come. You, you just have to make it, you know, it is attractive. You know, the offer itself is attractive. And you can, you can sort of, you can rest in that. You can rest of it is a extraordinary, powerful, healing, transformational offer. And but it's an amazing, you know, for me, it's I, every time I, I get faced with the questions that I don't have the answer to. You know, somebody asks me a question about why we're we doing trainings like this or make a counter proposal. And I really have to deepen my context of what is it do I want? How do I keep integrity with my context while yeah. being in connection with this person? You know, whether it has to do with money, whether it has to do with time, whether it has to do with, you know, I, I want to change all the websites, you know, whatever the thing is from people. Like, so it's a, it's an amazing practice that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, understanding what context I'm in. And being able to talk about it, mm -hmm. be, you know, tell about it, that's that's a real edge for me. Yeah, like, and this is it's exactly what Sonia was talking about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And also Ann Hobson was talking about being with the family, you know, being being with the family. What context are you in? And are you able to stay in your context and, and connect without being adaptive? Without being right. small, without without disrespecting your own context. Yeah. And Leslie, some I've been doing quite a bit of research, um, especially in the beginning of the year, about fear and and uh, worry and doubt and anxiety, kind of all this mushed up, you know, unconscious fear together. And I found it really useful to want to take it really slowly and to not 
to not have the strategy of, oh, I have worry or doubt or anxiety, and that's gremlin, so therefore I'm going to pretend that I'm not doubtful or worry or have anxiety. Because that's just covering up the strategy right. by right. saying, oh, it's gremlin. And instead to go into it, and like you say, it's like, is it my fear? You know, oh, it's not my fear. Okay, well, I'm just going to give it back to whoever it belongs. Okay, mm-hmm. is it emotional fear or is it a feeling of fear? Okay, it's emotional fear. Great. What I, What's the gateway for the emotional healing process? And then if it's a feeling of fear, really what I discovered is I'm not, I would not be afraid of something if I don't want it, if it does not matter. And so, okay, so I consider it. It's like I'm afraid because I care, because it matters to me, because, um, you know, I want it to be different or something. And so what, and, and then you say really, hello, fear, what do you have for me? Okay, you have to call this person. You have to, you know, have this conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. This is not clear for me. Let let me clarify that. Whatever. But to, to, yeah, to really um, go into the fear instead of just brushing it as a gremlin, you know, gremlin thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Good distinction. Yeah. Of course. Um, looking for that black white. Um, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to only do this. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, not how it and you're is. manipulating yourself, and that's not that's not sustainable. Yeah, right, right. I had a long, long period of practice, I'm learning something new now. Cool. Thank, Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thanks a lot. As we're talking about bridge houses, I just wanted to mention that I uh, received the website from uh, the, um, what's the name? Cow? Magic Cow. Magic Cow Bridge House that Dawei, Shuren, and Meredith Witt are holding space for in America in the fall, fall and winter. Also in New York. Yeah, New York, upstate, upstate New York. And... Anyway, I'll, I think he'll share the website, but it's just, it was just a, it's a fabulous offer of this farm place completely in nature with, and it's centered around what is your non-material value? What are your initiation? What are your, the next emotional healing processes? And so I just wanted to put it in the space as um, really a, a powerful offer from both of them. And they've been researching it and meeting and deepening the context for a while now. I mean, this reflects phase two of archiarchy. You know, phase one is completed because archiarchy exists. It's distinguished and there's enough information and knowledge about it in the world that it already exists. Phase two is inhabiting archiarchy. And so as an experiment, I would offer, go find a bridge house or build a bridge house that's going to suit your needs. You know, it's a temporary education and it's a, it's a synergetic education and temporary community. It's like an experiment, you know, for, for not forever, because mm-hmm. as soon as you knock the forever onto the, to the program, what you've got is a retirement home. You've got a comfort zone retirement home. And then that kills the whole first part of the purpose called transformation. So I remember when Aunt Chloe and I and Devin and Vera and two other people set up uh, bridge house in Brazil last year or the year before. 
Anyway. Yeah, in the year before. And uh, there were six of us, and two of the people lasted about two weeks. And they were just out of there, like water hitting a hot frying pan. <laughs> it was just, they were out, <laughs> they were gone. <clears throat> and so, and, and we just got a connection with one of those people two years later that said, gosh, I, I just recently had my first footsteps into authentic adulthood, and I have some remorse about missing the opportunity with you guys back in Brazil, and I, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a fabulous recognition or acknowledgement on the value of the Bridge House transformational experience because it sets a reference frame. And it's just a, the context is clear and the experiments are clear. And the team is clear and it's just a great environment. I encourage people to do the Bridge House thing. Angela, you were going to say something. Yes. Um I'm not doing huge experiments, but on one hand, it feels also very huge. Um, it's maybe a year ago that I did uh, um, closing the cafe, the demon decontamination. Yeah. And I'm st- I'm still so grateful for have done that because I can then face now other things, um, who I am yeah, without uh, punishing me. But um, it feels like being being like accompanying myself and what I see, how I am, um, with, with care. Yeah. Um, saying now with love would be a bit exaggerated, but with care and with, uh, um, compassion. Yeah. And I notice, for example, a lot of things where I have reaction or how I look on people and I recognize it's my papa. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. my papa saying things or uh, it's reactions, which it's not me. It's from him or from no, whoever. And it's a really, um, fine salic. What is fine salic? Um, sensitive. Hmm? sensitive. No, no, fine selig, ag- aggressive way ah. uh, to be in the <clears throat> environment. Like uh, every everything is an enemy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my and recognizing how this is constantly, I'm walking around with this, how I'm trained, yeah. Yeah. So there comes also this respect thing in which I um, want to do memetic med- engineering. I Habet and I had an appointment which then didn't work out and then I had now visit from my beloved man um and so but it's on the agenda and I really want to do it because it's just like um yeah there really needs to be a discovery how I'm have set up this thing yeah there's you're describing the necessity of the sword <clears throat> I have a knife here, so I'm going to use this as a sword. So it's from Ikea, so it can't be bad. So the thing about the sword is, like, you see this? You can hardly mm-hmm. see it. You know, mm-hmm. when I have this thing pointed right, you can't even hardly see that it's there. Yes. It's not very heavy. It's not very heavy. So I just hold my sword out, my energetic sword out all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when something is coming, like you so so well described, a bunch of you described it, Angeli, you just described this thing from my papa, I just go like this a little bit, and it mm. goes over here, past me. Mm. It's not mine, it's 
my papa back to center. And it doesn't take a lot of effort to do this or that. And I can still stay present and I can still stay in connection. I can still stay awake. I don't have to defend myself or go away because I just make it to the one side, make it to the other. And I'm still right here. I mean, what I think Angela is saying is that she's having the same, the hatred she has, he's having is she got it from her dad. Yes. Okay. But when it comes, she has this sword and it goes, that's my dad. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to make a big effort about mm-hmm. it. Pretty soon it will go somewhere else. Because it doesn't yeah. like to be sliced both with your sword. So you do it 10, 15, 20 times, and it's just going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I, I have to become much slower or much more centered because the things are going so fast. Yeah, Then I'm just like, oh, God. Luckily, a lot of it is only in mind. Yeah, So it's not coming out. But it's just like, wow, what, what a huge contamination there is uh, it's really it's yeah so i i even don't know exactly who i am because it's i'm so contaminated with all this yeah whenever a dog barks yeah it's just like halt halt die klappe yeah there is no no there is there is no yeah but if you keep your sword out mm. you don't have to know who you are because mm. you have who you if you know who you are It's dead. The thing is dead. And you're not dead. So the thing who you are is alive and not really knowable. Mm. So then what you can do is stay present, do, do the distinctions, mm-hmm. and, and go on about your business. Mm. And, and you, the baggage will fall off. And you can, it can fall off pretty fast. And you don't have to worry. You just keep breathing. Just keep breathing, center grounding cord bubble, stay stay on track, you know, just do your stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in, God, it was so big or so long or so whatever. Yeah. Let it fall off. Yeah. yeah. You worked hard for this. You worked hard for this. I did. Yeah, so let it fall off. You know, it, it's like we work so hard to grease the surfaces. They can make them... So there's a, some friction-free surface, and then all of a sudden it goes. Hmm. It's not like. <laughs> it does not have to do that, really. Just go, let it fall off, and just ah, okay? just let it yeah. let it go. Yeah. And tomorrow I will have a visit from my first visit in Tamera from somebody else from Possibility Management. Anna Odawai was here briefly. It's Katarina from Portugal. Kataroxa is her um, name. And I'm really, I don't know. So we meet tomorrow and I'm really curious to get to know her. Yeah. Great. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. I I just want to add in terms of this, um, you know, finding you, Angela, you said, you know, I want to, it's like, I don't know who I am because of all this contamination. And Clinton said, you don't need to know who you are. However, I think it might be useful to have the sensation. If you're not this aggression, then what's this, what's another sensation you can have, you know? And, and so instead of having this idea that, you know, who you are, you can look for the sensation of being centered. And that's a, it's a, it's a place to jump from. 
So you hold the sword, let it slide by, just notice that you're centered, and you can move from being centered without knowing what you're going to do. Go back to being centered. Yeah, but I think the sensation part is important to as a, tra- as a trampoline. Yeah. Cool. I bet we know you're there. Did you want to say anything? You don't have to. just wanted to check in. Hi. I I was curious about what you're gonna say, and uh, it's exactly what I experienced as well. I'm jumping so fast into trying to catch what it is instead of being with the sensation and being centered because everything else can kidnap me so easily uh, into something else. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Experimenting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Dorothea, hello. What hello. Are what are you bringing? What am I bringing? I mean, I jumped into that uh, almost uh, already one hour ongoing call and. Uh, tried to figure out what was about Angela, but now when Habet was speaking, it's totally my topic of uh, throwing... uh, Like now when the chihuahuas are coming to my computer and trying to take I thought it was your stomach. (laughs) No, the the begging chihuahuas. Yeah, and that's exactly it. So that um, I love to throw my center everywhere. And it was interesting that um, what Habet said right now, that to in, instead of, uh, how was it? So that I can stay with what is instead of bring it, bringing it in a category of what it is exactly. So, so to... To name it, and that is something uh, I'm really good in, and I use that skill in my box training I give now because I'm very sharp in seeing and categorizing and and giving feedback and that. But to the same time, um, I had with Lisa right before a Gremlin one-to-one transformation is that it's so hard for me to get out of the concept of. Um, right and wrong and uh, this or that so my whole life is like this <laughs> I I love this clarity and this clarity gives me a lot of um, good things I, I, I in one thing I don't want to miss it I, I get a lot out of it and on the other hand um, yeah that is my Kremlin <laughs> uh, research for this week what is the price i pay mm-hmm. so i have not the answer yet <laughs> thank you yeah thank you what is the price i pay you gonna say something um something completely different though i i wanted to celebrate because you're here dorothea that dorothea um spontaneously translated the latest article that I wrote about the dignified, arrogant woman into mm-hmm. German. 
And then um, another woman, Sophia Vigile, uh, did, a, I don't know if it was a parallel translation. Anyway, ended up, okay, so you work together. In the end, it was a working together collaboration. And then uh, today I just got from a woman in Brazil, she translated the, this article also in Portuguese and one from, I uh, wrote a couple of years ago. So it was just this explosion of feminine collaboration around yeah. the world. <laughs> so I'll publish those. Yeah. yeah. We're calling on Ava Daubert. We know you're hiding back there. Do you want to say anything? She said she was she was doing some background work. I didn't really oh, get okay. it, but it was yeah. Okay, or Maria. Okay, already then. Anybody else or anybody else, anything else right now? Hey, I do want to say something. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that I am reading The White Witch of Tenerife and I'm blown away completely. I can't believe what I'm reading there. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, and today I, I held space for somebody and, and in the process it was about removing a block of the fear of being loud and we did block removal and it, it was a complete different story because from somehow reading this and listening to this woman speak about these energetic domains and it, it's just the most normal thing. Like it's just, she's living in it. It's, it's no question that it's happening. <laughs> and, and with that background, somehow it's, it's a whole new dimension of, you know, before my mind was going all the time. Yeah. You know, these, this energetic focus, focus that sometimes like these processes, I, I was somehow on this superficial level with this work and, and actually really from reading her, it's, yeah, of course it works. Of course it works. Yeah. So that's, I am really, I'm really grateful, Clemson, that you went there and talked to her and listened to her. And it's precious. Wow. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I, I want to add something to that, Eva, is that I am discovering that uh, becoming more and more aware of my energetic body is a step towards empowering myself and stop stop the abuse from happening. And I had this story going on for since I can remember that I was crazy because I was experiencing things that my intellectual body could not uh, frame or name. And now the more that I'm working with the feelings, the emotions, and the inner navigation, the noticing, it's like this tool is getting so refined and it's getting a lot of shapes and textures and I'm no longer crazy. And I'm getting like this big kick of enthusiasm of, I want to know more. I want to learn this. I, I just want to go for it. And this is very empowering. And can you please share something that you read in the book 
that really turned you on? Yeah, it's this where she's, you know, she had this accident and she couldn't walk anymore. And then she just did, I don't know, 14 hours of yoga every day and just pulled through with herself. And then she has all these people coming to her practice and who are sitting in wheelchairs. And then they're just, you know, so convinced of this. Yeah, I can't walk because I've been sitting in this wheelchair for 12 years and the story has so much power over them. And then, then she just goes there and they say, no, I can. And she says, yes, you can. And then, no, 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 I can't. But yes, you can. And, and she just gives them a complete different story, which she lives in because she's done it herself. And for me, it's somehow this is so motivating on the, because she's, she's demonstrating what transformation is possible on the physical level, you know, all these these miracles where people can walk again that couldn't walk before. And, and it, it's motivating me for this pulling through, you know, also with these other limitations where these voices come, well, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go for what I'm dreaming of. And just to have this other voice in myself saying, yes, of course you can. Mm. I find that really empowering. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <clears throat> Ava, will you will you go on to Amazon and put a, a book review on there? Yeah. Just to share I that. I want to tell a story too, which is like up until she was 12 years old, she thought she was crazy, like sick or crazy, something like that. And and somebody somehow she finds her way to a theosophical library in the middle of Amsterdam, something, some, some ancient, and there's this ancient old guy sitting back behind, you know, the librarian is this old ancient guy. And she goes into this library. There's nobody there. And she starts checking out books. She read, goes back, it brings another book, goes back, goes another book. And the third time this librarian says, young lady, what are you doing with these books? She goes, I'm reading them. She, he goes, well, do you understand what's like, why are you reading these, these amazing, these the, theosophical, theoretical, you know, books? She goes, because they explain that the first time in my life, people could explain the stuff I'm seeing. And then she goes, they get it wrong sometimes, but at least it's closer than anybody else. <laughs> but it, it was such an amazing well, thing that, you know, she did feel totally, her parents, her, nobody, nobody believed her. They thought she was just crazy. And then she started finding some connection to, to the other, other researchers. Yeah. Yeah, fabulous stuff. So, yes, thank you for telling us that, Eva. Do you know if she's still alive, Clinton? Mm -hmm. She is. Very I'm, much. <laughs> I'm fighting with her now. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not very healthy right now. She's almost 80 years old, and she's gone through another accident stuff. And she's she's really, but she's still seeing people. She still hobbles over with her crutches and works on people. It's so amazing, really. I talked to her on the phone the other night, and it was like 
for an hour, over an hour. And it was so amazing because I said, you know, halfway through, she shifts into telling more stories that I never heard before. And I go, oh, wait, I want to turn the tape recorder back on <laughs> the book. And she goes, you know, the stuff that you have is volume one. I go, really? <laughs> volume two? She goes, there's volume seven. Go! <laughs> <laughs> Write them! <laughs> oh, man. It's really amazing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where are we going? What are we doing? We're in a study group, right? It's 8.15. It's like we have 45 minutes. Yeah, let's study. <laughs> you know, we're on page 238, I think. Did we do Fight a Noble Battle yet? Yeah, we did that one. Did we do Honor a Tradition? I did we do that? So. We didn't? Take... Uh, maybe. I don't know. So this, we're in this section of the book of doing extraordinary experiments. And that so we're in the middle of a list of them with examples. And so actually almost everything everybody said here was an extraordinary experiment. So you guys are we're in the domain of extraordinary experiments. And this one is called Honor a Tradition. It says take your partner or your whole family to hike the Inca Trail in Peru for two months. I mean, you got to get it's up around eighteen thousand feet. How many? It's really yeah, high. Yeah, three thousand meters high. Yeah, it's like there. yeah, it's it's high up there. You have to get accustomed to the lack of oxygen and dress yourselves as Incas. You get this? This hand woven stuff, this leather stuff, this hats and things. Can I? Um, yeah. So I just want to say, like a couple days ago, we did this. Um, work talk with Clinton of it was a massive title for a work talk called solving the problems of modern parenting um, so there was about 15 people registered and three people showed up so this is how dangerous that kind of conversation is but um, you know part of this extraordinary experiment is take your whole family and so somehow I think the, this this it's a little bit off topic of a radiant or brilliant love, but it's not really. Yeah. this conversation of how are we holding space for the next generation? And, and this conversation is, I think just really starting in possibility management about, you know, how to hold space for children. And as a parent village, mm, somehow I just wanted to put that in the space of if, if you have experiments for how to make, Radiant, joy, brilliant love in families to also plant those seeds can for talk, parents with, with children. Yeah. Can you talk more about this holding space for the next generation thing? Just a couple more sentences. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I realized, I think it was a couple of years ago, I realized, I, you know, I was so excited about the work. I was doing I was like people are changing I'm healing people are healing you know and it's such a fabulous um and and so rapid possible evolution with the tools uh, discovered in possibility management I was just so excited until I started having this moment where the people that I was working with for a while you know got turned on and then they were flying in life and they went went and have their life and then the next generation came sort of like that and I thought 
and and I applied that to children. And I thought, okay, if us 20, 30, 40, 50 years old heal, and we have a whole other generation of people who are wounded and abused and traumatized and even more disconnected because the the lack of initiation is amplified, you know, with with telephone and internet and uh, overpopulation. And it's like, we're all going to die and, and, and there will not be a next culture. There will not be a next culture if if it, we we actually don't hold space for it as a as, at the level of a village with the, with children including children and you know just hearing the reports for example of the family camp that Janet was holding space for up there in New Zealand these kids are like they just love this stuff they're just so good at it and and so it's really us whatever grown ups parents who are, are the block we're the block for them to have access to this work. So, and, and that's, that's really what showed up in the, in the work talk of, you know, what are the places as adult that we don't want to shift to offer something else to children. And I, I mean, and just in addition to that, I was, I was thinking, you know, how do people come to the path of evolution and I think a major way that people come to the path of evolution is because of physical pain. Something happened in their physical body and they're noticing that their body can't handle it anymore. So it's cancer or, you know, it, chronic nerve, nerve pain or wh- whatever the thing is. And, um, you know, overweight or underweight or anorexia, anything like that. And they, they notice that the regular medicine, modern culture medicine, doesn't help them and find, you know, alternative medicine and then realize, God, actually, this is all emotions and lack of initiation and so on and so forth. I would think that loving children and wanting to raise happy, healthy, resilient children would be a force to find the path of evolution. And, and I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the, the programs of parenting are so strong of, you know, I, I have to do it like that. I have to do it like my parents did it. I have to follow the rules so that my child has a chance to get a good job. You know, if the programs are so hard. Mm, but I think it would be a leverage point to bring, to bring yeah, adults, parents onto the, onto the idea that there's a next culture is the love for their children. Yeah. Thank you. I had a conversation with my friend two days ago. She's a mom from a very small child, so it's far to the point that this child is um, to 18. But I tried to talk with her about initiation and that this is missing, that we really can be adult. And uh, she's not at all in this uh, possibility management thing. I sometimes tell her some part so she knows a little bit what it is but there was no layer no matrix at all to um, tell her why initiation and this this step in a ritual is useful because she was discussing in this um, thing of um, there are different things, uh, different steps, and uh, for different times. And I said, I'm not talking about 
educating and how you let go and how you process to that point. I speak about this specific point, like falling out of the nest and then the child has to fly and you have to let go. And uh, there was at one point I, I stopped because I, I couldn't make clear what I'm talking about. And she was very much in this, that needs to be a sliding thing because it's an individual thing. And there was nothing I could say. I mean, maybe you have something I could bring up. One of the the, the last um, rampart, do you say that? Rampart and for parents is, um, you know, either you've not been a parent, so therefore you cannot tell me, or, or you know, I know best what for my what is for my child, mm-hmm. and it and it's and you can that you can just consider that that you've got basically as close as you can get because that's the last weapon that parents will use, and you can just say, okay, that comes from a culture of a nuclear family, an ins- insane single mom nuclear family culture i'm talking from a different culture from a different context the idea that i know best what's right for my children yeah 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 this yeah or you you're not a parent so therefore you cannot tell me you know you don't know what it's like Mm. and you know it's like saying you you have to be raped to help a woman who's been raped you know that's the level of conversation Mm -hmm. and and you can you could just Without attacking it, you could say, I'm offering the possibility of a shift of context in a cult- in different culture. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but keep researching about what, um, like, how would you frame it? What would it look like from, you know, zero to seven, seven to 15, whatever, so that you can talk about with parents with some research. Research behind you. Yeah, there's a great set of books called The Magical Child by Joseph Chilton Pierce, and strongly recommended. And he's also got uh, the a couple of more books in that series about a teenager, the magical teenager, stuff like that. There's several books in this series, but especially The Magical Child is very powerful and important for that conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So try to imagine the kind of memory. Is this something we need to? No, I would just just share it. Okay. Try to imagine what kinds of memories it would make in your in your body and in the body of your family. What kind of legend and what kind of memory it would create for you to be hiking along this Inca trail as Incas, you know, and and pretending to be basically. um, Let's see. Of course, you are not Incas. You know, of course, you're not. You cannot, you don't know what an Inca is because it has a whole context, but you're dressed up as an Inca and you're going along this Inca trail. And so you're not an Inca. So uh, pretending to be an Inca looks sort of stupid, but um, do the whole, do the whole thing with respect for yourselves and respect for the Inca tradition and through this respect, you will succeed in the effort, in the, in the hiking. So sharing these experiences together will create moments of intimacy that are 
in you cannot reproduce those any other way. You just have to try to imagine the kinds of intimacy that you would create through facing the rattlesnakes, facing the invitation to eat uh, alpaca stew, facing a sudden icy storm with no shelter around, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What facing this stuff, and so uh, sharing these experiences. Oh well. Together, we'll create moments of intimacy that will mature your relationship for a long time. So those memories will not go away. So it's like that's an extraordinary experiment. So I hope I hope some people do that. You know, I hope some people do that kind of thing. There's plenty of places, and it's not just thank you. It's not just the Jakobsweg in Germany, which is which is kind of it's almost silly because you're hiking through modern modern cultural cities along autobahns and stuff like that when you're walking in Germany for 800 kilometers. <clears throat> it's great hiking and great camaraderie, but the environment's a little weird. But there's places, plenty of places where you can do hikes like this in a different culture. That, in, in Nepal? Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Many, many places, even in Tonga. All right. I'm going to go to the next experiment in this section, unless there's anybody needed to say anything. So this next experiment is called Express Your Partner as Art. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Do you want me to say? Yes. <laughs> uh, we had an ETV in Costa Rica with mostly artists. <laughs> and it was just this... <laughs> They wanted to include art in ETB as if they would, it was not already artful. But so that's why I'm laughing. Thank you. <laughs> we had some hot conversations about art in that world. So express your partner as art, which means do a painting or a sculpture or concerto, concerto inspired by your partner. Okay, inspire, have them pose for you or sing for you. Numerous times over a three-month period, develop a way to portray their inner radiance through your, your creation. Your work need not match the standards of Rembrandt or Botticelli. Forget that. Just forget that. Just do your best with expressing what you experience in your partner through the medium whatever medium you're working in, and be seriously intimate at the same time. There's this great film called Harold and Maude, and the, the Maude is, I guess, 80 years old, and Harold's about 18 years old, and they fall in love. But there's this one scene where, where Maude, she has these different hobbies or different things that she does to take care of things, like, she goes into cities and digs out the trees and takes them out to the forest and puts them, you know, plants them again in the forest. She, steal, she steals the trees and, and has clever ways of dealing with police in the meantime. But there's this one short scene where there's this artist guy carving, making this carving, and, and, and Maud is posing for the art. And, and Harold kind of goes, why are you doing this? And she says just to remind the artist of the feminine form. <laughs> and she does it with such 
you know, perfection, just elegance. Of course, the artist needs to be reminded of the feminine form in order to do the art. But she gets to be expressed, you know, by the artist. So that's what this experiment is. And the next experiment is <clears throat> let your discipline shine. <clears throat> and so uh, the word discipline in this sense means practice, a life of practice. And we have a great website up called A Life of Practice. With It's just a way of relating to the ordinary things of life it are transformed <clears throat> when you engage them as a practice. And then they have a different purpose. They have a meta purpose. So something ordinary like taking out the trash or washing the dishes or whatever can, can be a completely different experience when it has this meta purpose of practice. So it says, let your discipline shine. Participate in long-term yoga, tai chi, or aikido class together as with your partner. Although such a commitment changes your daily schedule and may be inconvenient, discipline and development are also attractive. Enjoy the attractiveness of your shared discipline. Um, there's this meta conversation that can happen in committing, well, like in participating in extraordinary spaces where, like for, for example, most people go to a yoga class and they're doing yoga. So what's yoga? So it's kind of stretching, you know, or some kind of spiritual development. <clears throat> but if you go there with your partner, you're adding an entirely different dimension to the space, which is a kind of energetic intimacy. You know, and in, in such a discipline, two people are never equal, right? So like if, if Aunt Chloe and I went to a yoga class, I'd be kind of in the back corner grunting and groaning, and she'd be kind of in the front row, and the teacher's going, do it like this, you know? Yeah. You know, so there's this imbalance, you know, in that there's never going to be a balance in your partnership. And most people use that as an excuse or a reason not to not to be intimate or not to join the same thing together because one person has more talent than the other. And the point the point being that that's not the purpose of, of you being there. You and your partner being there are there for, for intimacy. And so there's a a kind of lightheartedness or uh, like a kind of um, anger at God. It's like you guys, because there's an imbalance in your ability to do yoga, you can just be angry at God, you know, and, you know, this is a great thing because it's, it's, it's humorous. And the only thing I know to be angry about God about is the size of the sea in a avocado, you know, because you got this fabulous avocado, but look <laughs> at the size of the sea. You know, I pay for that sea. You know, there's this great avocado and there's this little piece of green and then there's this gigantic seed in the middle. So now that's a mistake from God. I mean, that's a mistake. So that's something you can really be angry at God about. But 
this imbalance thing is also just as ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous. And so it's, it's kind of like, and Chloe ha- and I have this thing going along where it's really clear to everybody that, uh, and Chloe is, is kind of a princess, <laughs> you know, kind of this, you know, and me, I'm kind of a troll. And so how do you, how do you end up with a princess and a troll, you know, in the same <laughs> space together? Well, it's a joke. I mean, it's really, it's kind of a joke. You know, you could be angry at God, you know, you know, but it's, it's like the size of the seed in the avocado. So there's this added element of the humor of life or the unfairness of life or the impossibility about things being equal. I mean, there's huge political uh, movements about equality and it's just this joke because there's nobody equal really. And so how do you work in an unequal world and with unequal potentials and unequal capacities? And it's, you sit in a circle and you work together in the circle because then the circle makes use of all the different potentials. What are you going to do? I was going to say, I mean, this, the, then there's this movement of, then you're leveling to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. So if everybody has to be equal, then you have to be equal to the least competent or least whatever person. And then, and then it really, it's a bringing down of the radiance, shining intelligence, group intelligence. And so, I mean, it's, and it's possible to have that idea in a, in a relationship is I'm not going to outshine my partner. And then it's just a leveling to mediocrity instead of having it in the, in a circle of let me shine. So the other person can shine with me. Yeah. Because, because in, in yoga class, probably almost nobody knows about troll yoga. So I get to show them about what troll yoga is and, and Chloe just gets it, you know, she gets it. And everybody else is like, what is, what is this? <laughs> so there's so many opportunities. <laughs> so Janet's losing it. <laughs> okay. Excellent. That's the point of the whole thing. Anyway, somebody has to lose it. All right. Next I'll picture. come to your troll yoga class, Clinton. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A new lab, a new lab. Yeah, a new lab. Practice. Morning practice. <laughs> <laughs> Do it like us. Yeah. Walk like, walk this way. Yeah, there's another great movie you have to see called Young Frankenstein, which is with uh, um, Gene Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah. And team, and there's this one. There's this one point <laughs> where the ogre, what's his name? No, the the guy who's you know going like this. What's that guy's name? Igor. 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 No, Igor. Yeah. And he says, "What?" And he says, "Walk this way." So Gene Wilder bends over and starts walking the same way, <laughs> and it's like that's not what he means. But there's this whole collaboration going on because they take each other literally. <laughs> so they're both walking hunched over and goes, why do I have to walk this way? I don't know. He said I should walk this way, meaning walk in this direction. But anyway, there's, there's a million fun jokes in that movie. It's on the list. It, yay. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Next experiment. Sing your quivering heart. God, what does that mean? You, you know, this book was written... Long ten ago. years ago, more than that. No, yeah. she's almost almost like twenty, 20 years, years ago. 
Okay, so this book is 20 years old, and I don't remember writing this. So seeing your quivering, that's probably because I haven't done it enough. This probably freaks me out. Find and share your holy, tender heart. Share about how life is for you by speaking from a heart at risk of abuse and yet still daring to reveal itself. Create safe moments to speak privately together in the embrace of this quivering heart. Even if the space quivers, sometimes sing together or read poetry together from, the, from this quality of heart. You know, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, we had study group number one. And the first experiment in study group number one was get yourself a partner to do these experiments with. So I'm sitting here in a room with 12 amazing women by myself, you know, a guy. Like, where are the guy? Where are the trolls? Where are the other trolls? So your job, your, your first assignment in study group number one, maybe you should, maybe you should look at that one again, is to get yourself a partner with whom being in a space called, you know, building love that lasts is inspiring. You know, something that feeds them. Like just go grab somebody off the street, drag them in here. You know, we don't care if each week you show up with somebody else. We don't care about that. We will make no stories about that. Okay. There's plenty of trolls out there. We need this stuff. You just have to sit them at your side and just say, you got two hours. You just listen. You know, you keep kicking them under the table, you know, so that they stay awake. All right. Otherwise, because how can you do this stuff? How can you dis discover what that space is unless you have somebody to try it with? Okay. I rest my case. So next experiment. Wash your fears. Risk sharing rarely admitted fears that you normally pass over and ignore. So I have to say, this is something, and Chloe and I do quite a bit, which is to say what we're afraid of, even if it's, will pass in two seconds, even if it's not life-threatening, even if the fear is under 10% intense, we will say what it is. Even Maybe. if it's not rational. No. Fears are rational. <laughs> I mean, we were walking down the street. Like we're in this neighborhood in Paris. Well, Anne Chloe found this spectacularly cultural, culturally <laughs> monotone uh, part of Paris. And when I walk out the door, and I'm, I think I'm living in Africa. The entire every, everything's on the street. There's black people everywhere. There's you know everything is going on. And it's all like I'm living in some Niobe village somewhere, <laughs> and they're they're talking weird languages and yes. and. and we're walking, and Aunt Chloe's looking at me going, I'm afraid. I go, thank you. She looks at me and goes, what's going on with you? And I go, I love it here. She goes, why? I say, because the lady across the street, I went in her cafe when I first got here. They make the best, like, some Niobe hot chocolate. I never had Niobe hot chocolate with star anise in it. And she said that she would receive my packages when the mailman can't even get in a front door. And the right next to our front door is this, these guys from Pakistan and Afghanistan and India. And they, they are the ones who gave me my haircut. 
And so they're also receiving packages. From, I, I know that if I need something, these people would be the first to help me. I mean, I had this experience being on a, when I was getting divorced the second time, I left home with kind of a big bag and I'm going to get on this train in Munich, so, in, near Munich somewhere. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a total liquid state. I'm, and I, I was going to go hide out for some months and just not talk to anybody because I had no idea what was going on. All I knew is I was leaving. So I'm going to this train and my leg falls down between the, the ramp and the train. My leg falls all the way down to my butt. My bag crashes everywhere and I'm stuck in this train. You know, the door's going to shut and it's just going to take off. One person jumped out of their chair to help me. It was a black guy. And it's like there's this helping thing that we've lost a lot in somehow in this Western Northern white culture of the helping thing. And when I walk outside here, I just I feel like I'm in this big group of blubbly helping people. And I think I could ask anybody and, and get help and I and I would help them. So this was a great conversation we had that started with Anne-Chloe saying, I'm afraid. So there's, that's the kind of thing that that does. Mm-hmm. When you reveal it, your fear, wash your fear. Acknowledge the tiniest of underlying fears. It's such an intimate thing. And another experiment is reveal your vision. Allow your partner to see and feel your soul's true vision of what is possible for yourself, your children, your family, your business, your neighborhood, your city, and the world. Take a walk together or drive and speak about these things, about your vision, before you know what you're going to say, which means let your vision speak, not your mind, not what you know, Let your vision speak. Take turns writing down what the other person says and read it back to them. Do not defend what you say. You get that? What you say does not have to be logical, reasonable. It doesn't have to have arguments or reasons. You don't have to defend what you say. This is your vision. And it's a personal thing. You were born with it. How many people have have you gotten to tell your vision to? So far, how many people can make a safe enough place where you just unfold this thing and then unfold the next part and unfold the next part? So do not defend what you say and do not make your partner defend what they say. So you don't go, well, that's impossible or they already tried that or, you know, like this kind of thing. And and I would add, especially for sort of us here in in the study group, it's time to write it down. Yeah. Like it's time to share it and it's time to be visible with it and not just talk about with it. With your vision. Yeah, with your vision. It's time to be visible with your vision and all its dimension, however um, like precise they are, like particular they are, but all the dim- like all these particular things makes the whole, it's just a facet of the vision. But I, I think it's easy to especially being also in safe place with people who are can listen and can be centered to, to just kind of talk and share. Okay. All of that is lost. If it's not recorded, mm-hmm. if it's not documented and there's a part of um, 
like like fantasy world in a way of like not writing it down. It's all like, oh, I can talk about my vision and not have to really do anything about it. And so I, I really want to encourage that. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways, it becomes more and more obvious how each of us has a part of the vision. And we don't have the whole vision because it's too complex or too intricate. And so, but if you do not document and share with video or audio or written, especially written drawing, like like Janet's doing these diagrams and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you do not share your vision, then that piece is missing. It's like the vision is available and we work as a cloud. We're this cloud intelligence. We're a circle. <clears throat> and, and if somebody in the circle does not say they're part of the vision, that part is missing. And so there's really big parts missing I mean, this weekend, employee and I are going to a, a summit conference. Mm-hmm. What is it called? A, an it's event. Like a fair, a yeah. fair in the Grand Palais in Paris. It's this big, uh, looks like a big greenhouse thing. It's been there a couple hundred years. And we're going to go there. They have this thing called Change Now. And so it's a, all these people coming together <clears throat> to market their services to each other. And of course, most of them will be in the material world. But they did have, like, we get a badge, and on our badge it says there's some there's some areas where, like, one is interchange. I go, okay, okay. If they have a category for interchange, we can go there. Mm-hmm. And, and new stories. New stories. And there's a couple of other things, uh, changing habits. And so this is our work. And so we're going to go there and just hammer people. But I'm, I'm sure we're going to run into people who want to sell us a, a kind of toilet paper made out of bamboo. <laughs> And it's like, you know, it's not it. It's not it. So yeah, and and little back rooms of like get your investors all right. ready, and so there's there's kind of all that level of which room can you get in depending on the. So we printed out a whole buy. new set of cards, and we're going to go in there and just pass out <clears throat> invitations to thoughtware upgrades. But why am I talking about that? Share your vision. Yeah, share your vision. So we're going to go there and share our vision, our part of the vision. And everybody has a piece, and these people are hungry for something. I think they're all there hungry for something. So we're going to hand them out a little meal of archiarchy. Yeah, and and if you do that, the the part of it is, it I think something that works really well is if you if you empower their part of the vision to come to life. Like it's not about mm-hmm. your vision being better vom- vomited yeah. on them, right? It's <laughs> What's really your vision? You know, is it selling bamboo toilet paper? I don't think so. So let's talk about something else. Yeah. Okay. We are on, we've made it almost to page 239. We're getting towards the end of part one. All right. Love all the way. This is an experiment. Love all the way. Let both yourself and your partner be ongoingly flooded with so much love. I'll tell you a secret. When I wrote this book the first time and gave it to the publisher, that was the title of the book, So Much Love. And they rejected my title. So I rejected the publisher, but they rejected me harder, so they won. (laughs) So in any case, they named it Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love, and I had to memorize the title. So Much Love. 
let yourself and your partner be ongoingly flooded with the experience, the direct experience of so much love. Live your love maximally. Like so many of us hold our love in and we get a little bit out over here. And then maybe a little bit out over there. And then, you know, we live we live with other people without just lambasting, you know, completely flooding people with how much love there is in us to dump into this space. There was a, I was, I don't know if you can get a hold of it, but there was a, just a couple of days ago, I was with the Possibilitator group in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of the guys in the group at the end of the session I said, any more questions? Anybody have to say anything? And this one guy puts his hand up, Israel, and he says, yes, I want you to experience how much love I have for you. He's just kind of, he's a young kid. And I'm just like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to let it in how much love you have for me. And it was intense. It was, but it was what a great exper- communication. What a great reaction! It's like here's this troll taking a stand for this young kid in the barrios of Brazil, you know, trying to make some. He's going to take a stand for some alternative school, you know, and he has our support in a big way. He's got this our support, and it's like, okay, what more could a young person ask for? Is the support of you know, a, a team, and he's got that. And so this love automatically comes out. So the point is, let go around and flood people. This is a, just pick pick a couple people this week and just flood them, you know, with just like pull the stops. You know, it's not like it's going to be gone then. You will not run out of love. You, you get this? It isn't like you've been storing it up like, like gasoline or something. And when it's gone, it's gone. Peak, peak love. Peak love. <laughs> peak love. Peak oil. Environment. <laughs> no, you can just, the more, the more that can come through, the more that can come through. So just, just like try to, try to whatever, let people, they have to go, you know, like, love, you know, like this, in this whole space full of, see if you can do that to somebody. You, you, and you don't even need words. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to move for that to happen in a space. So you can be sitting with your mother at, at the coffee table and just flood the space with love. <clears throat> and things like that. You can sit with your tax accountant, you know, your tax lawyer, and just flood the place with love. And the guy goes, God, it's really too hot in here for me. Look, your papers are fine. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, something. It's <laughs> <laughs> one way to get rid of them. <laughs> hey, uh, it works, it works. Anyway, so maximally, live your love maximally rather than restricting it to a civilized minimum. Like Unrestrain yourself. Give permission for your maximum love to show up in what you say, feel, and do without giving your center away or expecting anything in return. You don't need anything in return from something like that. You just walk out going, Gosh, that was great. You know, you can just, and you walk into the next space and see what else you can unfold. So that's that experiment. Next experiment. We are moving right along. This is a lot. It is a lot. There's only a couple pages in the book. Go, go, go. 
just this moment. That's the next experiment. Just this moment. Come into the same moment together with your partner without thinking or planning beyond that moment. Extend that moment beyond the limits where the mind would usually take back its grip of your daily to-do list. To stay in this moment. Let something extraordinary and completely unpredicted come to pass between the both of you in that moment. And here's the deal. You know, you can try to do that with yourself. You know, and it's pretty good. But try to do that with somebody else. See, and, you know, the thing is, how do you invite somebody into that experiment with you? We have to say, look, there's this moment. And they go, where? Where, where is it? <laughs> Where's the moment? No, no, this moment. Okay, that was then. This is now. No, no, this moment. And um, can you be here? Well, I'm here. We're here together, aren't we? Like, and so they're blah, blah, blah. So it's a, it's a big deal to invite somebody into this experiment of just this moment. Just this moment. That's all this moment. That's all there is. That is all there is. What is, is as it is, here and now, without judgment, without a story attached, this moment, like that moment, and just be and see how long you can hang in there. It's like riding one of these bucking broncos in a rodeo, you know, staying in that moment because a lot's going on. All right, follow the leader. Next experiment, follow the leader. Trust the leadership of your partner by accompanying them fluidly. You just make the deal, you're leading now. And then you follow their lead and you do it fluidly. So there's this competition thing about who's right, who's wrong, who's better, who's, who's fastest, who's got the answer, who knows. It's, it's a completely different way of dancing through the world when you've got this thing, okay, you lead. And if you... Can I yes, because I was going to go into a Mission Impossible Tom <laughs> example, and it's like this is not the right audience for that. You know, one guy's leading, one guy's leading, you know, and the other guy's covering the rear, you know, and then it's handled. One guy's walking backwards, one guy's walking forwards, and you know who the leader is. What? Well, a couple of things in terms of the women here. I mean, one experiment to start with could be that you get to be. The con the leader. You can listen. <laughs> you were cheating. <laughs> um, and and so I've been that's doing stupid. that with. Yeah, I've been doing that. I'm well, be a troll, man. That's good. Clinton has, has often this experiment, especially in the first couple of years where we were meeting, where it was he would not move until I said what I wanted. And so and it, and it would be really also this slow where I as a woman, you know, had had to kind of reclaim this thing of, God, I want things that the men might not want or the men might think I'm crazy or it might not please him or whatever the the story and the trigger was. I mean, okay, this is what I want. I want to go look at this shop. I want to move there. I want to go eat there. You know, I want to stop here. I want to read together. I want to not do anything. And, and to be in this experiment for two years was... And, and still, to some degree, was a life-changing thing. So you can, um, you know, I think you, you could negotiate that with 
the guy and say, you know, this is not a patriarchy. Our relationship is not a patriarchy. And I, you know, I need this experiment to heal, to heal and to move back into, you know, moment to moment, what I want as it matters together, not like I do what I want and you do what you want. This is not a relationship. This is not relating. However, at some point after a while, the discovery is also that women in the background, you know, unbeknownst to the men, are handling everything. They're holding space for everything and pretending not to, you know, pretending that the men is deciding, but the woman is actually really doing everything in the background. And so the next experiment is to back off of holding space for everything so that actually the men's world can also have space in the relating. There's this so, other experiment yeah. that we did recently, which was where you were finally willing to say, I, I don't, don't want to, to handle this. Yeah. And then, then it was the, the lead was handed back to me mm-hmm. and then I could handle it. And, and so it was an immediate, um, do we stop yes or no, right or left, up, you know, this or that? Mm-hmm. And the answer is really right there. But if, if, I, if I pass on the leadership, I don't get to complain about it. <laughs> like, I don't get to, you know, do the thing of, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Sometimes you know I'm working I just on remember it. what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this... It was great for me to discover about not, not, God, I don't need to handle everything. I don't need to be holding space for every detail so that everybody's happy and perfect and everything's good. I can let things crash and let, and, and the purpose is not to say, you know, I'm going to let things crash and look at the mess. You know, that's just revenge and gremlin, which, you know, women can also be very skilled at. Um, so it's negotiated by saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop worrying about this. Yeah. So just the rest of the experiment before the clock takes um, another minute is exhibit complete non-resistance to your partner's leadership moves. You know, their their agency moves, their, their, their ability to go first. To exhibit complete non-resistance. For example, when they are driving, when they are giving instructions to the children, when they are being around the parents, yours or theirs. <laughs> Have exhibit complete non-resistance to what's being offered, what they are offering, what they're creating. Participate in a public meeting or workshop with your partner and be a total yes for whatever they contribute at the space. This is an excellent experiment to end on. Does anybody would like to say anything before we wrap it up today? Clinton, I want to give you, if you want, a new reference point to avocado. Do you want to have it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> One sec. I t- I show you something. She disappeared. Now that I, I've seen that in avocados before, they just disappear. This is called guaya. Guaya. Okay. I open this for you. <laughs> so you can peel it. This is the fruit 
<laughs> I can tell. I can almost smell it. I have a smell of vision. That was me. That would taste you. And this is almost the same size. Yeah. So it's like, I would say maximum one millimeter of flesh you can eat. And I think you can see the abundance of avocado now. <laughs> <laughs> I am healed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> also lychees. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for being here. Researching. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dorothea. Same time, same day. Uh, five o'clock. 5 a.m. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye, Leslie. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Christina.